And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of the Startup Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conaway, founder and CEO of Innovate Her KC. And today's episode of Startup Hustle is powered by Fullscale.io. Hiring software developers can be really difficult, but Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably. And they have the platform to help you manage that team. Visit Fullscale.io, check out the show notes for a link to learn more. All right, friends. So today we have with us a fabulous member of Innovate Her, Casey. I'm very, very excited to talk to Shay Perry. Shay and I, you, Shay and I have known each other for a little while. I feel yeah. now we see each other out at events and things like that. But I don't even know that we've actually had like a full on sit down chat conversation. Uh, so I'm very excited about that. But Shay is a multimedia specialist at Crux KC, as well as an on-air personality at Carter Broadcast Group's Hot 103 Jams. And so has a lot of experience with multimedia action, marketing and branding, and making sure that you are positioning your brand across multimedia channels well. Shay, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Oh, thank you for having me. I, I greatly appreciate it. I'm excited to be on Startup Hustle. All right. Well, let, well, let's go ahead and crack right into it. You know how it goes. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so tell us about your journey, Shay. I want to. I want to hear more about this. I, I, because I, I don't think I know. Ooh, how, how much time do we have? No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> you you can take the full forty if you want. You can do anything you want. You're you're awesome. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, well, a little bit about me, as you mentioned, Shay Perry, uh, multimedia. Um, specialist at Crux KC and on-air radio personality at Hot 103 Jams. But um, I born and raised St. Louis, Missouri, so still a Cardinals fan for sure. Um, hopped on the Chiefs bandwagon, most definitely, when they took our Rams from us. I know, the Rams went to Los Angeles. So for those who don't know, Shay and I have actually bonded over the fact that we're both originally from St. Louis. Yeah, so. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we <did> it. <laughs> um, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I love when I see other St. Louis people, but... Um, so I came to Kansas City actually to attend UMKC. My parents, they loved the school when I went for a visit and it was just like, oh, wow, this is the school. So, you know, if your parents are, um, your parents like the place, then that's where you're going to go. That's where you're going. <laughs> and so actually I had a really great experience my first time on campus uh, for orientation. Our orientation leader happened to be um, someone from St. Louis. She also happened to attend the exact same high school, and she also played basketball under the exact same coach that I did. Wow, that so was it a was lot of energy. It was <laughs> so it was like wow, like this is this is meant right. The stars yeah. are aligning, right? And yeah. so from there, I just was like, this is what this is what it's meant to be. And my first day on campus as a student, I met the president of the radio station, um, and I didn't even know they had a station. I didn't even know what I wanted to do. Basketball was my thing. I wanted to hoop and be, you know, Candace Parker and all those different things. Uh, you know, God had different plans, of course. Uh, but how do you make God laugh? 
You make a plan, yeah. my babies. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Took the words right out of my mouth. And yeah. so from there, he invited me to the show. And that's kind of what um, led me to just kind of dabble more and more in media and radio. And I also had some really great professors that just kind of were there that were like, hey, try this out. And I asked thousands of questions. And so they knew and they always knew when Shay is around, she's going to ask you some stuff. Yep. And so that's kind of what really just sparked my love for media, videography, um, audio, and those type of things. So that's that's kind of where I found that, my passion for media in general. And then throughout my four years at UMKC, I was just super active on campus. I tell people all the time, college is what you make it. You know, you, you can't mm-hmm. go to any place, whether it's a school or a job, and just think it's going to work for you. You got to at least put some type of energy in. And so um, I was definitely blessed with a lot of people, peers, and professionals just, just kind of passed the baton to me and just kind of led me down the path that I'm currently on. And so about maybe my, my senior year, 2019, it's like, okay, four years has been great, but how are we going to get out in the real world? Like you, we, we gotta, you know, I love my mom, but I don't want to go back to St. Louis and sleep on her couch. Um, what am I going to do? Right. Sure. And so I'm like, okay, cool. I've done this great stuff. What are we going to do about it? KPRS was um, definitely in my sights. I knew this was the number one station for hip hop and R&B. I'm like, man, I, I got to get on it. You know? Yeah. The history is rich. The oldest continually ran black station in the country is, 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 is major. Um, and then at the same time, I was like, okay, well, let me find another way to get out in the community. And so I, before I graduated in 2019, um, I got a call from Big Brothers Big Sisters um, to be their brand ambassador. And then I also got the job at KPRS to be on air. And so I started both of those jobs, 2020, three months um, of normal adulthood, right? And then COVID. Yeah. COVID. Thank you. March of 2020, baby. That's when everybody's lives just blew up. (laughs) It blew up. And so I I will say that I'm a little bit spoiled because um, my point of view of a workspace is remote or hybrid. So that's my point of view being that young professional is um, I had three months of being in the office. And then after that, it was like, let's let's hit up Zoom. Let's do teams. Let's try that flex workspace. So yeah. I, I do have a question about, so, well, actually I have a confession to make. Are you ready mm-hmm. for this? I'm, I'm here for it. You and I actually share something in common in that we were both involved with our, our university's radio stations. Oh. Uh, 8.1 WESN when I, where I went to school, uh, I had a radio show and do you want to know what the radio show is called? You're going to laugh. I have to so know. Sad. I, all right, so this is shame, shame me. Uh, L Train and the Midnight Express. Oh. Because <laughs> it was Wednesday nights from midnight to 2 a.m. And like, I, I loved that show, but I, wow. the name, I'm just like, that's going to follow and me. When you said, and when you said the call letters, like I heard the radio voice peak out. I heard it. That's right. Yeah. Well, I do have a radio voice. Yeah. Like, I, I'll put it on for the for the podcast, particularly when I do the intro. <laughs> I think I think anybody who has done like radio or like you realize that you have to be very intentional about mm-hmm. how you use your voice. Um, yeah. So that's, that's interesting. But you and yeah. I share that in common. We have so much stuff in common, St. Louis, and then now the the L Midnight Train. L Train and the Midnight Express, baby. Uh-huh. Uh, and yeah, like feel free to to spread that around if you want to embarrass me a little bit. But yeah, well, and next time I see you at a ribbon cutting, I might mention it, you know, maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe, just maybe. maybe. 
Uh, well, so tell me this, you know, you, so you have this job with Big Brothers, Big Sisters, you have the, the radio show, uh, and then you, you ended up at Crux, and I, yeah. I, wanted, I want to hear how that happened, because Malia is actually, I think, I believe she's been on the show, she's an awesome founder in the Kansas yeah. City area, so how did that happen? Malia's great, and so about two years at Big Brothers Big Sisters, I was just at the point of my professional career. I was like, okay, I'm young, and I want to try different things. That's what uh, worked well for me in college is trying different things. And so I'm like, marketing, let's try something. And so I had reached out to a couple of contacts. I had a chance to just meet Malia um, and sit down with her. We're the same enneagram number, so that means we hit it off. Literally, enneagram three. (laughs) Um, so we just kind of hit it off from the conversation and within about 30 days I was working at Crux. Um, and so I started, uh, almost, I've been there for almost two years now, um, but I, I was open to trying something different. And until I hopped into marketing, I really didn't realize that a lot of the different departments and things that you do deliverables. I've already done those at one point. I just didn't realize it had a name to it. So coming into marketing and being able to see how much work goes into it, because it is a lot, and then seeing how the different teams work and everyone is just kind of, it's it's kind of like a basketball team in a sense. It's how I look at it. It's like everyone's playing their position. You're like, hey, you're the point guard. Um, I need you to pass this deliverable off to the design team. Let's get this website done. And then they're like, okay, well, let's, we got the website done, but let's get the SEO done. Let's make sure we're you know using that search engine and then we're passing it to digital so it's cool to just kind of see the entire playbook uh, from a perspective of now being in a marketing firm because i've i've done some email marketing in my day at umkc i've done some different things here and there for my own brand um but to actually see what what goes into it is really cool and i've, I've been able to learn a lot just being here and, and my head is off to to anybody that's in the marketing industry because um, it, it's a lot of work and I see the passion here within crux of the people that work here behind the marketing. That's kind of what I think that stands out about crux, um, is of course that executive level marketing, um, and the strategy, um, is important, but be, besides that we support our clients. It's not just like, oh, we're doing marketing for you. We're going to pass this off. And then we're, we're wiping our hands. We're no, we're beyond that. We're doing marketing efforts, but we're also supporting our clients beyond what we assist um, with their projects. We're just yeah. going to events and doing those other things that I've never really seen marketing firms do typically. So I, I definitely feel like the marketing was, was different for me to hop into this type of space, different industry, but I was open to it. Um, and then just kind of gelling in and, and, and learning more about what it, what it means for companies and how it really can elevate your brand um, and amplify your mission. Yeah. Well, so, so I have a marketing background as well, because apparently we're the we're same. Like twins. You're, just, yeah. you're, just like, you're just like 20 years behind me. <laughs> but uh, so, so one of the things that always appeals to me about marketing and one of the reasons that I think it's so important, particularly like with the advent of social media. So, so I'm going to show my age here a little bit, but I was considered a social media early adopter and I was a social media <laughs> consultant before that was even a thing. Mm-hmm. People were like, that's not a real job. And I'm like, I swear mm-hmm. to God, it is. I make money doing it and I'm very uh-huh. good at it. But that being said, like one of the things that always appealed to me was that story piece. Like how do you help brands define who they are, but then communicate that to the community at large? How do you help yeah. them tell their story in a way that will resonate with their their audience or their customers yeah. or whoever they're trying to speak to? Yeah. That was like my favorite part about it because I love stories. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of the through line 
for your mm-hmm. life. You know, yeah. you're you're a radio personality and now you're in a marketing firm and you're just yeah. you're helping. And even I, I imagine at Big Brothers Big Sisters, like storytelling is a huge component of that. Sure. You know? Yeah. So, so talk to us about, you know, what resonates with you with with that marketing piece. I mean, I, I love the the basketball analogy and I yeah. that you've landed in a really great agency and the agency environment is awesome uh i i agency so we're an agency environment throw that curveball in there you know okay the unagency uh-huh. but you're, you're working for an entity that like marketing is what you do yeah and it's not like you're a marketing department that's a part of a larger company that is doing right. i don't know making widgets or whatever right <laughs> So, so talk to us about, you know, what speaks to you about marketing beyond the team? Yeah. Um, so you kind of touched on it a little bit is the storytelling piece, you know, um, no matter what industry you're in, whether it's nonprofit, um, you know, B2C, B2B, whatever it is, you got to convey your story and you got to do it in a, in a, in a manner that actually, um, resonates with people to understand. So, I've always enjoyed the opportunity, regardless of where I've been, to help other people, Um, whether that's me being on air and getting somebody on here to promote their business or whether that's me getting a a small business in with Crux and finding a way for them to partner with us. And we're working on a website, just finding a way that we can continue to partner. But that storytelling piece, I feel like, is something that um, definitely resonates with me because I've had plenty of times when I started at Crux, I came in as an account coordinator. um, And then I uh, switched into a sales and marketing coordinator role, which was more so me helping Crux. um, How I say it is helping Crux market themselves. Because of course, as a marketing agency, we have to be on our toes and making sure we're um, doing all the things. Um, And so that was kind of the social campaigns. That was the brand awareness, working on internal video uh, efforts. Um, that was kind of what I assisted with, with our brand and growth team. And then now I've grown into a multimedia position because media is kind of my background. It makes the most sense. Um, yeah. So for me, within the role that I am in now, I'm out in the community. So I'm storytelling a little bit and telling people not just about the marketing firm, but about the history, how Malia got started um, and being a woman owned business. And it, yeah. to me, that means a lot. You know, those Which types of things. Of course, we love. <laughs> we love those things. So I think, um, especially within Kansas City, I enjoy being here because there's so much story to tell around us. So it's it's great to be on the team um, where I'm getting the chance to hear the stories. And we're like, why is that not on the website? We're going to yeah. figure out a way to articulate this where you feel comfortable and the the target audience can understand it. And we're going to put this in a video or we're going to yeah. put this in an infographic or, you know, we're going to maybe even talk about this on a podcast or those type of things. So I really enjoy that storytelling piece as well as just being able to just kind of assist and, you know, make that handoff and make those connections. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you've landed in a fantastic place. And and for those of you who don't know, Crux, uh, KC, uh, the unagency, mm-hmm. is, they have a really stellar reputation within the Kansas City area, just up for the Mr. K Small Business Award, which is like one of the more prestigious business That's honors so that we have here in Kansas City. And so, so clearly Crux is doing it right. And one of the things, so, so one of the things that I always talk to people about Uh, regarding marketing, like I feel as though a lot of companies and organizations, they make assumptions about what their customers want and need, Uh and they don't create those kind of touch points to figure out. So, and and I can give you an example. Yeah. Um, So we were, I was 
in a previous job, I was working with an organization and they wanted to have an event where they interfaced with young, young high school kids. And so they, they were like, Hey, you know, tell us what kind of products you need. Tell us what you need in order to engage with us. And the problem that they thought they had was not actually the problem that they had. We were expecting these kids. So, so it was a financial institution. Mm-hmm. And kids, we were expecting them to come up with solutions that were very tech-based. Like they're all going to want an app or they're all going to want like some kind of gamification. And really what they wanted, like we had all of these high school students who were like, literally just come to my high school, bring us pizza and talk to us about finance. Cause we don't Mm -hmm. even know how to balance a checkbook. We don't know anything about finance. And so, so we had assumed, or I guess the organization had, the institution had assumed that the problem that they had was that they didn't have enough technology and they mm-hmm. didn't have the kind of like iPhone stuff that kids yeah. pop into. But really the, the problem that they had was that kids don't have a fundamental understanding of finance. And so yeah. I feel like people make a lot of assumptions based on their own experience, yeah. but assumptions about the narrative that you need to be telling. And so yeah. one of the things that I want to know, and we're, we're going to talk about tactics later, but really- how does Crux and how do you, as a, as a personality and host, how do you help people find their story, the right yeah. story, the one that's going to resonate? Like, what does that's, that process look like? That's a great question. And we ask the question, I guess, is the, is the simple form. The long, the long answer is when we do have a kickoff with a client, um, we're not just asking you what you think your story tells. We actually ask those that work there. We ask the customers. So we we do a full kickoff and we get the perception of everyone, your target yeah. audience, who you think is your target audience, the different people who might be actual consumers, um, yeah. the people that are on the staff, entry level, high level, getting everybody. And then we put it together in a full presentation and just kind of like an audit. Um, yeah. We go over it and we review it with our clients before we get started on marketing efforts. Um, yeah. Just so we can be on the same page as far as lingo, we can get that boilerplate down, making sure that we're all on the same page. Because I think within marketing, um, the biggest thing, especially I grew up in the social media area, era. Um, yeah. I was on Twitter when I was 12, um, when it started, and I'm still still there. <laughs> so um, I mean, incidentally, I think that the TOS states that you have to be at least 13 to be on. It does. And I have a funny story for that. I have a funny story about that. We'll talk about that later. Uh, But you're, you're absolutely right. Um, With that social media, what I see all the time is message, message, message. And it needs to be the same message that's being portrayed too. Yeah. You can't have one person that's high level speaking about the company in this manner. And then the people that are actually feeling it and experiencing you are having a completely different experience. So asking those questions and making sure that we're all on the same page so that we can go forth with whatever copy and material and saying like, okay, this is where we're going to go. This is how we're going to speak about this organization. And this is the story that your customers tell. So this is the story that we should be telling because this is the actual experience. And if you want to shift it, then we can work to strategize and shift it a little bit. Yeah. You want to know one of my favorite opportunities for market research? I, I love this. So, so you know this, but you and I both go to a lot of networking events and things like that. And one of my favorite things to do is like people will introduce me and they'll be like, this is Lauren Conaway. And then what's fascinating for me is she's the founder and CEO of Innovate Her Casey. And then I, my ears perk up. I start listening because they listening to how they explain mm-hmm. Innovate Her Casey to other people. I'm like, okay, I either need to adjust 
IHKC's mes- messaging to reflect what those people take away from with them, or yeah. I need to go hard at what I want people to be saying mm-hmm. that I want to be telling so that we can get that again, that you, as you said, like getting on that same page piece. Yeah. And, and, and I love that so much. And I, I think one of the things that I hear feedback about consistently with, with Crux is the fact that there is so much, um, help and assistance on the front yeah. end, like yeah. helping people parse out what do we want to say and why, who are yeah. we and why. Yeah. And I love it's that. important. Like you can polish something up and make it look cute and go forth yeah. with it. And then in six months, you're like, I didn't think about this strategy. You know, people, they yeah. didn't ask me the right questions. And so I think that's where Crux definitely comes into play by asking those questions that could, could be uncomfortable. It's like, wow, I haven't thought about this since I started the company. It's yeah. time to revisit it. You know, those are the tough conversations. But at the end of the day, those are the conversations that, uh, you know, help you uh, expand your business, expand your reach, you know? Exactly right. Exactly right. You know, friends, something else that can help you expand your business is the right tech support. I don't know if you all know this, but today's episode of Startup Hustle is powered by Fullscale.io. They are a software development platform, huge friends of, of the Startup Hustle podcast at Innovate Her KC. And, you know, with Fullscale, finding expert software developers doesn't have to be difficult, especially when you visit Fullscale.io, where you can build a software team quickly and affordably. Use the Fullscale platform to define your technical needs and then see what available developers, testers, and leaders are ready to join your team. Visit Fullscale.io to learn more. Now, friends, we are here today with Shay Perry, multimedia specialist at Crux KC and on-air personality at Carter Broadcast Group, aka Hot 103 Jams, which incidentally, I love the name of the station. Uh, but that being said, Shay is a, you're a multimedia goddess. That's what we're going to call oh, you. Right I now. like that. Yeah, that's going on the business cards, baby. Uh-huh. So, so we were talking about how you help customers find their story, but what I really, really, really want to dive into is how do you help customers determine where and how to tell their story? Because I mean, we've already talked about different channels. We've talked about podcasts. We've talked yeah. about radio show. We've talked about, you know, there are any number of ways, social media, uh, I don't know, press release, like there are all kinds of marketing strategies and tactics that you can use. Yeah. It's really overwhelming to the average layperson, the person who's not entrenched in this every day. Yeah. So talk to us about talk to us about that. Like, how do you help your clients and customers identify the best channels and the best ways, the methods to get their story out there? Yeah, no, that's a that's a really great question. And I think it's definitely important in the day and age we live in because there's so many different type of mediums. Yeah, <laughs> like there's so, so many different <laughs> Yeah, like you have different social media every day. You have a new app that's popping out and something that's I a know. new trend. So it's like, OMG, this can be overwhelming. Where am I gonna really set a fort down and you know build? And yeah. so I think that has a lot to do with your target audience. Um yeah. You, different social media, of course, have different demographics. Um, There's all demographics on all social, uh, of course, but different social media is stronger in different areas. So I actually just talked about just kind of like social media branding um, on a a workshop with the Brand Lab at UMKC the other other day with Haley Finch. So that this is right on the money. Um, but we talked about knowing your audience on those platforms. So if you're a company that's like, Hey, we're, we're on the latest trends. Like you have 
you have, let's use the source or double uh, XL magazine. Those are the entertainment type of um, type of blogs, type of uh, companies. And so for them, their target target audience is probably going to be people that are entrenched with the culture, um, hip hop culture. And yeah. those people are typically on Twitter, um, speaking speaking from experience, because I am definitely part of that community. Well, definitely, um, like, Black Twitter is a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it is a thing, you know, yeah. and people... and people more interesting Twitter. than white Twitter, by the way, but that's just personal. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, people don't know, like, different communities really live on Twitter and, and you know, yeah. but... Um, just kind of going back to your original question is knowing your audience. You have to know that. And that kind of goes into just that kickoff, that survey, um, that survey type of strategy is asking, hey, what is the makeup of the people that are members of your organization? What are the who are the makeup of the people that you think that, you know, are the people that are the members? Just kind of getting wrapping your head around that um, yeah. is definitely a starting point, because if you get on Twitter, Twitter is more. Um, informal is how I view it. It's chill. It's culture in general. There's yeah. a lot of trends. We're talking about news. There's going to be sometimes I go to Twitter as my MSNBC, but I'm 26 years old. So that's kind of where I go. Whereas my mother, she's going to actually go to MSNBC or CNN. And then you have people that are going to Fox. Yeah. So it just depends because based on your age, you do view um, different sources uh, differently. You're like, I'm just gonna wake up and uh, look at uh, Twitter and see what Elon. I don't, I don't. I don't even want to talk about Facebook right now. Like, I did not. So, so when Innovate Her KC first started, like, I did not imagine that it was gonna blow up the way that it did. So I was not thinking long term strategy. Uh -huh. I was like, yeah. oh, I just want to have a little Facebook group. Like, no mm -hmm. problem. And now we've reached a point where, like, I'm finding that so, so our membership skews kind of like middle of the road as far as age you know we've we've got definitely got some young members we've got yeah. our core demo tends to be folks who are between the ages of 25 to 40. Mm -hmm. yeah somewhere in there 40 i think 44 is actually like the measure the measured number but i found out and i didn't even realize this which you know my bad but like i was told facebook is for the olds and i'm like okay Great. So, yeah. <laughs> if we want to, but you're exactly to your point. Like, if we want to skew younger and if we want to start appealing to that younger demo, yeah. we're going to have to get our butts off Facebook and we're going to have to yeah. go on to TikTok and we're going to yeah. have to figure out, like, where where are the young people? That ties in, like, an even, you know, a better question is, you know, the integrating, you know, multimedia into their, you know, operations, but just knowing the right message in the right platform because the language I use on Facebook is very different than the language I use on Twitter. For me personally, my Facebook is for family, family and friends. So I yeah. joke a little bit there, but I don't say anything too much. I don't want my mother, my mom to call me and say, what is this? You know, right, right. <laughs> and then and LinkedIn is a completely different environment. LinkedIn is way more professional in sure. general. Those are the professionals in that, you know, age wise, that's a big range. But yeah. it's just the language and the tone is very different than something I would say on Twitter. And then TikTok is definitely the younger generation, I would say, yeah. um, is a great way for people. I've been seeing a lot of a lot more businesses utilize TikTok, which I think every business, regardless of the industry, should um, look at TikTok because that is, and from my point of view, um, a very easy way to engage with tons of people yeah. in your city and outside 
they do like I've noticed that TikTok seems to folks seem to grow very quickly on TikTok, mass followers quickly. For me, it's one of those things. It's a matter of prioritization it, because I always tell my clients when I when I'm consulting, which I still do from time to time, but I always tell my clients like if you're not going to use like if you put in the effort to learn this new system or this new platform and but you're not going to use it because you don't like it or it doesn't speak to you like then it's it's useless like only you should be putting your time and attention around the vehicles that you're going to to learn to master um but more like the ones that you're actually going to use yeah now, that being said i i do agree i i have been very slow to adopt the TikTok bandwagon i get it things, i get it it's it's just another thing to learn it I is mean, i was i was like on social media when zanga was a thing and live and like i don't even know if you've ever heard of this shit, but it I I, I, i'm learning this for the first time the predecessor like aol chat room zanga I remember that. like they were these were the predecessors to the facebooks and the twitter mm -hmm. and the, you know twitter i think did Twitter come around in like 2008 or something like that? Something about that. Yeah. Somewhere around there. I, I don't yeah. remember exactly, but it was, you know, it, it's so interesting, but they, they continually roll out these new platforms and I'm just like, Oh God, here we go. It's another thing to learn. And so I'm yeah. very hesitant to, to pick up the new stuff, even though it's it. like just a dinosaur on social media. <laughs> no, I understand. It's, it can be overwhelming. And I think, from my my point of view, the main the main platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram. Yeah, those are kind of and, you know those are kind of like my my starting five that are my main things. And I, I have times where I'm just not you know on one more than the other. I you know I switch around, but it can it can be a lot. So I mean you know especially as an individual um, trying to maintain and manage. So I my hat is off to you because I think you do a fabulous job of posting. Um, I can always, I always know that at the end of the week, I'm probably going to see a photo dump and I appreciate it because the last two, last two photo dumps I've been included in. So I am, my head is even more off to you. Yeah. All right. Hey, incidentally, fun little social, social media algorithm hack. And I, I mean, they change the algorithm every day. So, but like people are like, you're so good at LinkedIn. And I'm like, I'm really not. I just take pretty pictures of people and then I tag the shit out of them. Yeah. And like, that's that's what I do on LinkedIn. And for whatever reason, we have really deep engagement on LinkedIn. Just because yeah. I tag the shit out of people. And I'm like, that's yeah. the level of work that I'm willing to put into this platform. It just yeah. has to work really, really well for us. Yeah, no, and it's, it's, and it's good because you're, you know, it's collaboration. That's the biggest thing that I've seen yeah. um, in my professional career. And even when I was in college is collaboration, whether you're at an event together and you guys are, you know, collaborating on something or taking those pictures and then sending and tagging everyone that just is going to increase your engagement. So like that is the, that is a big tidbit that people should do because there's, there's probably somebody that's like, man, I keep posting this one picture of myself or I did a photo shoot and I keep posting it and it's not getting traction. Yeah. Well, maybe into, maybe instead of just posting a picture of you, maybe post that picture and then also tag and say, Hey, shout out to the photographer. His team is great. My friend tagged the friend that was there that was on site to help you or did your makeup, you know, those type of things you really should show, you know, what we can't see in the picture. Yeah. Well, and so, so one of my favorite, and this is, this is a tip that I'm just giving away for free, but like one of my favorite uh, I, it, this isn't even like really an officially, officially mark, marketing tactic, but I love kind of that secret insidious marketing. So, and I'll, I'll explain what I mean. So, so when I go out into the community 
and somebody like introduces me or I'll meet someone new and I'll be like, Hey, have you ever heard of Innovate Her KC? Mm -hmm. If they haven't explicitly heard of Innovate Her, uh, one of the funny things that happens is like very often the response will be, yeah, I think that I've heard of of that. And like, they don't know exactly what we are and who we do, but that foot in the door is useful to me because yeah. if they've heard yeah. of us, they're generally assuming that they've heard of us in a positive light. And it allows me the, just the, the toehold that I need to mm-hmm. get in and to tell our story and already have people who think of us yeah. positively, even if they don't know exactly what we do. And yeah. it's like, it's this really tricky little thing. And it's because, you know, when I'm tagging people, I'm showing up in everybody's timelines. Right. And, exactly. and so even though the person that was involved was not the, the, I guess, focus of the post most of the time and like, but people are still seeing our content because I've tagged this person. Right. Exactly. And so it's, it's just really interesting. So I want to, I want to talk, I think that you're going to be extraordinarily helpful in this, but one of the things that we'd like to do around startup hustle is talk about the best practices, the tips and tricks that you can use tomorrow or today even. So, I mean, we've talked about know your audience. Um, You have to tell a compelling story. You have to figure out what your story is, and then you have to tell it in a way that matters to the people that you're trying to reach. So those are are some things that we've talked about, but can you give us some best practices for creating compelling multimedia content? I mean, what, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, I think the easiest answer, you know, is utilize the the new wave of AI, you know, yeah. um, the the Chat GBTs of the of the I world. I promise you, you just said that, and we're gonna get emails that you just said that. By the way, uh, you know, some people seem to think that AI is the devil, but gosh, yeah. it sure is helpful. You know, with everything, there's gonna come some pros and cons. You know, there of course are gonna be, unfortunately, just in general, people that might mis misuse certain tools. Um, you know, but I think that if you're using it to propel your business in that type of sense, then of course that that's, you know, a a good way to utilize it. But I think definitely that I would actually have happen to have a meeting earlier today with someone externally, um, just about some different business stuff. And he was like, look, this is by my source of truth, you know, and and those AI tools of just kind of getting some copy together for his website was just one of the things that he's been, um, he's been utilizing because, as at the end of the day, we all are doing a lot of things and we're moving at a fast pace, you know? And so we can't do everything. So when you can use those different tools, whether it's that or you're like, man, I need a I need a graphic like yesterday, Canva, you know, Adobe. And I, I've always been hooked on Adobe because that's what I was taught at UMKC. And so I still use Adobe to this day. But there's tons of different apps out there that you could just plug in some stuff and like voila, you're able to just kind of go in, nitpick a little bit, center this a little bit. That's to- what I do. Like I, I'll use the template that's available. That yeah. I'm or like even you know Chat GPT. Like I'll go in and I'll be like, hey, write a short sl- social media blurb yeah. about X. And then, I mean, of course, I'm going to go in and I'm going to make it sound right. more us and put it in our voice. But yeah. that being said, like just even having that base to build on yeah. Yeah. is extraordinarily helpful. It yeah. just a, do things faster. Yeah, <laughs> a running start is the best start. So I think that um, a lot of technology we have um, does that for, for companies so that they can nail that down. You're like, I don't know what, I don't, like when I'm working on a paper or um, just kind of working on any project and I'm just like, man, I'm stumped on this word. 
I'm yeah. stuck on this copy. I just start Googling stuff and try to inspire myself and say, hey, what's a synonym for this? Just so I can get my brain flowing. And so yeah. I feel like using the different uh, tools, it does the exact same thing, whether it's graphics, whether it's words or, you know, even video. Sometimes I do, like, I, I actually do, so, so sometimes I'll do something called wiki flipping, where, like, I go into Wikipedia, and I'll just, like, start hitting random links, because that's really <laughs> fun for me, uh, but sometimes that's inspiration, sometimes I'll just pull up a thesaurus, and, like, if I have a word in my head, I'll just look at, like, the words that are associated, mm -hmm. like, trying to get into my creative brain, like, sometimes the most random stuff can serve as inspiration, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think that AI can definitely be a part of that for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, so, so co creating compelling content, like one of the things that I always respond well to is those really, those slick, shiny, fancy graphics. And that's, yeah. I think that that's just because I have like a marketing background and mm -hmm. like, so, so of course it's like, if you're a party planner and you go to a party, you're just judging, you know, like, definitely. That was but, me all day. <laughs> but so one of the things that I want to talk about is like that, that perfect being the enemy of progress thing. Like, mm. what if you don't, what if you're an organization that doesn't have like a really huge marketing budget and doesn't have a lot of time? Like if you're a solopreneur or if you are a, a co-founder in a, a startup, what are some, some other ways that you can make this work easier for yourself? Because <laughs> uh, I, I, that's what we're all about. Let's make it as easy as we can. Yeah. But still, still keep that quality. Like, do you think that you need to have the shiniest, fanciest graphics in order to appeal to your audience? Um, no, I don't. I think you can manage, you know, and, and even then, like I mentioned earlier, you can have the pretty, the pretty graphic, but then when you get somewhere, you can, you can just tell it's not organized, you know? So it's like, yeah, you pull people in by this graphic, but then we got here and experienced it. And we're not going to remember that graphic. We're going to remember the experience. The yeah. saying always goes, you know, you might have forgot what someone said to you, but you never forget how they made you feel. You feel? That's Dr. Maya Angelou. Oh yeah. my gosh. I love that quote so the much. Great. <laughs> and so with that, I think creating an overall experience is way more important than a fancy flyer. Um, yeah. you know, and if, if you have the, the, the team to put the flyer together, that's great. But I do understand being, um, kind of uh, being an entrepreneur myself, you don't have time always. And sometimes I'm working on projects myself and I'm like, this flyer isn't cutting it. Like, it's not bad. I'm like, this isn't bad, but it's not doing it for me. Do yeah. I want to, do I want to just put this out because I'm pressed for time? And so that's where you come to as a, you know, entrepreneur, um, you come to that point where you do have to make that decision. What do you want your brand to speak to? Like, do you yeah. want your brand to, you know, are you, are you okay with just putting this out? Do you think it'd be okay? Um, because I mean, it depends upon your industry. I do think that the bar is set differently too for different industries, you know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, if you're throwing an event and it's your nightlife, your nightlife is your theme. Well, maybe your flyer, you know, if you have pool and um, there's a lot of people that are already RSVP'd, then maybe your flyer being the grandest is not necessary because you have, yeah. you have the pool, you know? So I think people should all know their strengths when it comes to that, just knowing what you bring to the table and knowing like, okay, let me call on my one friend, you know, and say, Hey, I need your help. You know, you got the pretty, pretty uh, flyer, but you're like, look, I don't think anybody's coming to my event because no one's heard about it because I'm never on social media. Then call that friend and try to, you know, and just kind of pull them in and, and loop them in. Collaboration is the biggest thing that I've done in my professional career is just reaching out to people because if I don't know, someone else probably does, 
And yeah. if they don't know, they probably know somebody who might. So exactly. we're just going to keep going. And that's that, kind that of how network relationship building piece. Like that's all that, it seems like it always goes back to that. Well, yeah. so another thing that I just, I kind of want to mention, you know, I, I, I love testing. Like one of the, my favorite things to do was like, okay, let's do the AB testing thing. Let's do the, the beta yeah. testing thing. And so, so I would say that like, if you are confused about what your brand is trying to say and what you want it to say, when you're trying to make those two things come into alignment, sometimes you're going to, you're going to fail. Like yeah. you're going to try things and it's not going to resonate and it's not going to work. And so, yeah. so track that shit. Exactly. Like, you know, make sure like if you're sending out emails and, you know, send out a couple of different kinds of emails to different exactly. segments of your base and like figure out, all right, this one performed better. This yeah. is the headline. So maybe future headlines, we kind of base off of that and understand that this is a process. Like I, I had so many clients who would come to me and they would be upset that I did not get immediate results within like a couple mm -hmm. of weeks. And I'm like, that's yeah. not... We're playing the long game here. Exactly. Like if, you want, if you want to attract people who are going to become the brand ambassadors and mm -hmm. the, the fanatics, the fans who are going to be sharing your brand yep. story, like if you want to create loyal customers and clientele, you're going to have to to figure out using follow the process, like try yeah. things, understand that they're not all going to work, but mm -hmm. people, people would like come to me and be like, how come I don't have 10,000 Instagram followers? And it's like, yeah. well, it's been a couple of weeks. Yeah. And if I were to get you 10,000 Instagram followers in two weeks, I promise you, they're not the kind of followers that you want. They're going to exactly. be yeah. people who don't care about yeah. what you have to offer and exactly. you're going to be shooting yourself in the foot for the long game. Yeah. Please play the long game. <laughs> yeah. Especially, yeah, you really just should. Um, I think that's the best way because I mean, unless you have something that um, just happens and you blow up overnight, you still have to keep up with that. You know, um, it, it's not going to continue to last. You got to keep that fire. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it is the long game. And I think sometimes we do get as, um, you know, just humans, we get anxious, especially yeah. if we have something that is our project or our company that might be our baby. We're like, I want this to happen and it should have happened last year. Why is it not happening? Why am I not at 3 million yet? You know, I've been right. sitting at 1 million. I've been stuck there, whatever. It's like, you do have to put strategies in place. And sometimes we start, you know, as a startup company, um, like, or if you're, you're starting up a company, if you're just like, look, I'm just in my mom's basement, I'm getting this thing started. It's easy to just be like, this is where I want to go. And I'm just doing stuff with no strategy. You know, right. I'm just going to post this every now and then. But once you kind of grow, you're like, I'm getting some good traction, but now I actually need that strategy. Like every thought will lead back to having some structure and strategy at the end of the day. Exactly. Well, so, so I love that. And I have been anxiously awaiting asking you the human question for quite I'm really, really excited to hear your response. Are you ready, Shay? I am ready for it. Okay. So my question is, what do you daydream about? What do I daydream about? Yeah, you've got some, some time on your schedule or you're waiting for something to download <laughs> or render and you're just kind of thinking to yourself, what, uh, what's crossing your mind? I, I mean, guess usually food, but that's <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that, and that's crossing my mind somewhere. In that, I think I'll say right now because I've had this conversation a couple times, not about the daydreaming, but yeah. um, about what I uh, should do. So, I've been trying to plan vacation. So, I think what's on my my little my little daydream mind is 
me just, I don't know if it's a beach. I don't know if it's, um, I don't you, know. Where you, it's you do feel very beachy to me. And I don't know why that is, but like, I like totally a beach envision you some, some umbrella drink yeah. not on a beach. I can see it. A little pina colada <laughs> or something, you know, yeah. <laughs> extra shot of, uh, you know, tequila or something like that in there. But, um, yeah, I, I think that's kind of like where I'm at right now is I've been putting in uh, some great work. I've been enjoying the work which makes it harder to step away, of course. So sure. I think just trying to uh, find a little bit of time to just kind of kick back and relax and just actually be in the present and just look at everything that I've been able to just kind of be blessed with in the course yeah. of the last four years. Um, I'm going on four years since I graduated. So um, to, to feel like I, I accomplished some stuff, just sitting down and relaxing and not thinking about anything other than the now. So are, you, are you daydreaming to have the opportunity to daydream even more? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly oh, what it is. Oh my gosh. I love it. You're so meta. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Well, friends, uh, for, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us, Shay. I, I always love seeing you out. You have such a good vibe and energy. And I, I just knew that this was going to be a, a fun time. So, so thank you for taking the time. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I, I had a great time. I appreciate the human question. It was fun. All right. Well, that is wonderful. Uh, something else fun. I don't know if you heard, but if you are looking to hire software engineers, testers, or leaders, Full Scale can help. They have the people and the platform to help you build and manage a team of experts. When you visit fullscale.io, all you need to do is answer a few questions and then let the platform match you up with fully vetted, highly experienced software engineers, testers, and leaders. At Fullscale, they specialize in building long-term teams that work only for you. Learn more when you visit fullscale.io. And friends, I, I, I do this all the time. First, I want to thank you for coming back to listen to us week after week. I do believe we recently hit 5 million downloads. And it is all because of individuals like you who take time out of their busy schedule to come and listen to the founder stories that we tell on Startup Hustle. We are very grateful. Uh, don't hesitate to reach out if you have suggestions for guests or if you have topics that you want to hear about, you can suggest a guest or uh, give us your feedback at startuphustle.xyz. Also check the show notes for a link, but keep on coming back. Uh, we, we are very, very grateful for you and we will catch you next time. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.